You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. Today we'll be talking about crafts for kids, saying goodbye to projects, spring sewing, and more. And we're also celebrating our one-year podcast anniversary. I can't yeah. believe it. Which, yeah, it, it seems kind of ridiculous <laughs> that it could have already been a year since we decided, you know... <laughs> Why don't we make a podcast? So, I know. Um, what kind of crazy idea was that, guys? Yeah, <laughs> it was. I I mean, it certainly will teach me to complain about things on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell? Have we told that story about how this got started, Haley? I don't. Know. You should tell it. Um. So once upon a time in a craft studio, exactly right where I'm sitting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I took it to the Twitters to complain about crafting-related podcasts, and specifically that most of them were interview-based instead of personality-based, and I happen to be a fan of personality-based podcasts. Um, I know lots of people really like interview podcasts. It's just not my favorite. And so I complained about it on the internet Knowing full well that I did not have the personality predisposition (laughs) to do one myself. And then Molly popped up. I did. And had been thinking about starting a podcast. Yeah. No, uh, let's let's be clear. I really had not been thinking about it. My brother had been pushing me to do it, saying, you really need this. And I was like... I don't, what would I even have a pot? Like, what would I do on a podcast? Which is what I sort of expressed. About- what would you do, Molly? <laughs> exactly. What, what have we been doing? Um, <clears throat> yeah. And so I was like, but actually that's a, the idea that you're talking about that could work. I, maybe I could do that. Mm-hmm. And then we just mm-hmm. sort of kept talking about it. And then I definitely, um, Laura Howard, who has the Bugs and Fishes blog, she weighed in and was like, yes, yep. you absolutely need to do this. And then it yeah, kind of basically like, so you guys have a podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it suddenly started becoming like a serious conversation. Like we weren't joking about it anymore. It was like, maybe we should do this. Was it a very serious conversation? Well, not, not at first. At first. Like at, at first, it was Molly who was going to have the podcast, and I agreed to be the first guest. Yeah, because I was still like, no, 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 nobody wants to hear from me. <laughs> yeah, it was um, going to be just like, well, have a couple people that you sometimes chat with about stuff, and then, funny. and then we had we like we did a little, we did a little Skype call, and a maybe what would this look like, and before we knew it. It was gonna be it was gonna be us, and we needed somebody else to join us because <laughs> mm-hmm. we thought a third voice in this is is good, and it was really like yep, who who else would want to talk about this stuff with us, and who's a personality that we both kind of know <laughs> and would work with us, and we the the best yep. part of it was we both independently thought of you, Heidi. 
We didn't That's, discuss it. Yeah, was, we emailed yeah. each other at the same time. It was with your name. It, it was clearly meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heidi Gusted, podcasting personality, has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we kind of decided so you were it. Up. And you, I, I don't know really if you had a say in it or not, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really did. Sorry. Well, I remember getting the email and I showed my husband the email and I was like, like, I know Haley and Molly and I've hung out with both of them and they're really cool. And I find them very intimidating, as I've talked about before, like working with. <laughs> We're terrifying. Not so much we anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but he was like, just do it. And I was like, I don't know the time. I'm worried I'll let him down. But then when you guys were saying that um, this style of podcast, the idea was that it was supposed to be a sustainably done project, and we all kind of had the same concerns, um, yep. I was like, okay, screw it. Let's try this. Also, I think our podcast secretly could be called We All Have the Same Concerns if we were just talking about, like, feelings and not crafts. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. That's what we've learned in the last year about that's each true. other. <laughs> uh, the very empathetic podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, man. Anyway. So, yeah. So, kids, that that is how we got to here. Yep. Yeah. That is how we got to here. <laughs> yeah. So, that was a, a little behind the scenes, although some of you who listened saw this happen in real yeah. time. That's and, true. <laughs> yep. And here we yep. are. Here, here we, we are. are. Podcasting. Um, Thus, the yeah. Very Serious uh-huh. Crafts podcast was born. <laughs> <laughs> and it's now a toddler. Yep, it's a toddler now. And it's going to throw its craft tools out of the pram. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. No, it's not. It's going to behave. Yeah, yes. it's going to behave. Um, yeah, anyway. Well, thank you for sharing that story, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Now back to the other junk we were going to talk about today. <laughs> And literally, <clears throat> right. literally, this is an app transition. I'm literally going to talk about drunk junk, specifically um, <laughs> the waste shit. Did you say drunk? Junk, junk, specifically junk, junk drunk with junk. a J. Um, <laughs> gotcha. It's 11 a.m. I am not drunk. I'm talking about junk. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so my obsession with um, local crafty resale shop, The Waste Shed in Chicago, um, my obsession with them has not waned. It has only become more acute every time I go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I went again last week because I needed a zipper for a sewing project. More on that later. Um, and I also went because I saw on their Instagram that they had gotten an actual functioning spinning wheel donated. And I was like, Ooh, I yeah. need another craft. Like, I need a hole in my head. But <laughs> if this is reasonably priced, I should just get it for the studio. And then people can spin on it if they feel like it. Maybe I'll learn from them, whatever. Um, it was a little, even at um, resale prices, it was a little more than I wanted to spend. But mm-hmm. um, someone should get on that if it's still available when this episode comes out. Um, but I did get some amazing deals while I was there, like always. Um, I got a bunch of... Um, vintage fabric. I got a single piece of 44 inch wide, four yards long um, vintage red cotton that I'm really excited to come up with a project for. And it only ended up being $4 a yard. So that was awesome. Nice. Very nice. Um, but the real, the real um, find of the day was the short eight inch yellow zipper I needed for a skirt project. And it was still in its package, like original vintage packaging. <laughs> the copyright on the package was 1949, 
and it was okay. all their zippers are twenty. All their zippers are twenty five cents. Aww, but since so the zipper good. came in the original, yeah, since the zipper <laughs> came in the original packaging, I know for a fact the original price in the forties was thirty five cents. So I paid less than the original price from you, immediately post World War Two. Seventy year old. You zipper are for such a good cents. shopper. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and it was so high quality. It was metal teeth. The, the it was it's real and the zipper pulls real cute. Yeah, I nice. was excited. Oh, sometime I I'm going to I was going to say write a love note, but probably just wax poetic at you guys on this podcast <laughs> about metal teeth zippers mm-hmm. and how I feel about. <laughs> I I am on board because, for that. Oh, I am yeah. on board for for a zipper discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. on the other hand am probably about to have a load of stuff that should go to the waste shed um, uh-huh. because I am finally, like I have set aside next week to do the the big overhaul in my workspace that I've probably been talking about for at least a year <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Yay. I'm so excited. Um, it's, it's spring break next week. And we can that, be supportive at yes. each other. Maybe I'll finish. <laughs> I have a feeling my Instagram stories are going to be a, frightening mess for the week but we'll see we'll see how brave i am but um no it's spring break next week and that means my dad is off from his long-term sub um teaching thing and so he's going to be helping Mm -hmm. me with a little bit of construction but that means i'm pulling out almost everything from that space which is a lot and um, i'm getting some new shelves and gonna go through and reorganize things there will be some conmarying in uh going on in there um, in the meantime, <laughs> that's going to be amazing. Oh, I'm so excited. It absolutely needs to be done. It needs to be set up in a in a way that's different from how it has been, because the last time that I really did any kind of planned layout in that space, I was doing full time graphic design with a little bit of mm-hmm. crafting on the oh. side. So it's been set up more like a work desk. There's a printer and a computer and everything. And I need a space where I can mm-hmm. potentially put a sewing machine or at least use it that big yeah. desk for cutting and stuff like that. So I'm just so happy. And there's just way too much stuff there that I need to get rid of. But um, it does mean that I've pushed... It's going to be I've pushed awesome, everything though. into this week to try and get work stuff done. So I'm a little yeah. like... Yeah, but you'll probably hear that throughout the podcast, friends, and that's just how it is. <laughs> yep, a little intense, and we've all been there. But it's, I'm, <laughs> it's like I really have. I've wanted to do this for years. Like I've talked about it for a yeah. year on the podcast, but I've wanted to do it for years. So, yay! That's well, awesome. And then if you get it done early, which is totally a reasonable thing that's for sure going to happen for you next week. Totally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should come you should come to my studio and I can take you to the waste shed, but not to buy a bunch of stuff to donate your stuff. And then yeah, we can just I, hang I, out. Ooh. That sounds fun to me. I think I think at this point I'm jealous. I, <laughs> I think at this point the plan will be um, going through and getting stuff out of here as soon as possible so that I can't second yeah. guess anything. <laughs> oh, it's gone now. I, I guess and too bad. that is so smart. <laughs> because honestly, out of sight, out of mind for most things. Yes. And 
I find that generally the things that I've gotten rid of that I'm sorry that I got rid of are things that are inexpensive enough that I can acquire them again if the need arises. Yeah. But, oh man. Hmm. So, I've been still slowly also cleaning my space much more slowly than I think you intend to do. <laughs> so maybe you'll inspire me to to really, really do Could it. Be. Um, Could be. But instead, I've been continuing my jewelry making obsession that I talked about last time. And I've been using it as an excuse to customize all of my existing jewelry. Oh, that's smart. Because I think one of the one of the things you don't necessarily think about, um, like in petite sizing, is that it extends beyond like sewing clothing. Yeah. And so most of my necklaces are too long, and most of my bracelets are too big. <laughs> And so I've been really enjoying, like, the uh, the couple of new tools that this particular obsession has brought into my world instead of the exiting of things that is supposed to be happening have actually been used. And now, like, my necklaces fit and my bracelets fit and I feel like an all-powerful woman of Action. <laughs> Yay! Excellent. And it feels really great. And do I see... Because, you know... Yeah. Do I see... Are you wearing one of your handmade necklaces right now? Is this the one that that I saw? I am. Nice. It's beautiful. I am. It is uh, definitely... I've been wearing it every day since I made it, so I know I did the right thing. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. So um, it's uh, Green Aventurine. I don't know how that's actually pronounced. Aventurine? Aventurine? <laughs> whatever. I don't even know what that is, so I'll go with whatever you say, Haley. Yeah. <laughs> you just say it with confidence. It's supposed to bring opportunity and good things into one's life. Oh, I like that. So, yeah. So it seems like a good thing to be wearing in my in my studio. Yeah, nice as spring Every thing. day. Like, yeah, it's, it's nice. Cool. But, uh, so yeah, I, I've been... Doing that, and I've also been reading The Curse of the Boyfriend Sweater by Alana Oaken. Mm-hmm. I think that is how her name is pronounced. She said it. I'm listening to an audiobook, and she said it, and then I failed to write down the phonetic pronunciation. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, uh, is it a good audiobook? Mm-hmm. I'm reading it right now from the library. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I got the audiobook from the mm-hmm. library. Um, and, yeah, it, it's nice. I, I'm not sure if she's the person who's reading it, but I think okay, she is. Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, so I've been reading it, but it's kind of stressing me out because it hits a little too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah, you, yep. you know exactly what I mean. If you're um, ready to get to the grandma section, I read way too yes. close to the passing of my grandmother and I was not okay for like two days. <laughs> it was no, great. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, and she keeps talking about events that I was definitely at. At the same time that she cool. was. Hmm. Um, and I don't, so I don't know. I, I feel like we must have met, but we don't know each mm-hmm. other. And so it's sort of weird to be like, oh, yeah, I was definitely in that room. <laughs> <Huh>. hmm. <laughs> well, speaking of spring, um, I definitely have once again, now that we've been doing this for a year, <laughs> we are, we're going to realize, I think, when we get into certain making habits, <laughs> the longer we do this podcast. <laughs> 
Yes. It's coming. Because that definitely was, that like realization was very real for me this past couple weeks when I decided to start sewing again. It's spring. Um, My body, as I said last year when I started feeling excited about sewing, my body's a little smaller than it used to be. So sewing is like kind of a new fun adventure. Um, Not Mm -hmm. that small is the way to go, but it's just the way my body has changed recently. (laughs) And, um, in, in kind of an empowering way, like, I remade a dress and I had to trim off, like, one of the sizes from my paper pattern because mm-hmm. I'm a smaller size now. So that was kind of a funny sort of experience, like, literally trimming yeah. the fat, <laughs> yeah. oh, not yeah. the fat. Like, the, the, <laughs> the actual visual yeah. moving yeah. in. No, that is... That is interesting. Yeah. It's not. Um, I trace patterns, okay. so I don't generally experience okay. that because I, I am terrified that I will decide that I need an entirely different size uh-huh. than the one that I have originally started with, and so I always well, and I, the bottom half of me's, um, a, or like my hips are a size bigger than my waist usually, uh-huh. and so I grade between two pattern sizes oh, so that makes it a little that's easier really smart huh see this is how you know i'm i'm not as accomplished of a sewist that never occurred to me and now my mind's a little blown oh, oh that's, that's totally a thing if you've you can just blend two I'm pattern so sizes together if your measurements are yeah. um if your measurements are larger like my my bust and my hips are always larger than my waist and my upper bust are going yeah. to be no that's so interesting but yeah, of course. But my upper bust needs to be the smaller size because that's like the proportion, that's shoulder width, that stuff like uh. that. And so you just blend them together. Well, I'll be darned. <laughs> yeah, that's shocking, right? <laughs> okay, I will put a pin in that mentally and process that mind blowing set of feelings after we finish recording. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, you blew my mind about hat there sizes. So yep. I, I have just returned. The well, favorite. thank you. I appreciate um. it. Um, cause I, I made, um, this really cute green dress and I was like, well, St. Patrick's day sounds like a fun deadline for this very green dress. And I wore it. Um, it was so thank cute. You. Yeah. Yeah, I wore it out yesterday for the first time, and it's got, you know, it's a fit and flare dress, which I almost always go with because I have similar proportions to Haley, like teeny-weeny torso, but woman parts that are not Um. (laughs) teeny-weeny. Yeah, fit and flare is so flattering on our specific shapes. Well, and then I can not worry as much about the size because I can get it to sort of fit in the waist and the uh, back, and then not even worry about the skirt because it'll all fit under there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. It'll be fine. Anyway, I yeah. feel like this is almost getting graphic. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but, so... I can assure you we've been more graphic about okay. specific okay. areas. Yeah, I think so. Specific <laughs> yeah. areas. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so much like um, last spring's fit and flare dress, I still have the issue of I really need to, like, learn how to do things like Haley just described to make stuff fit me in the shoulders. Because I wore the green dress out yesterday and I was like, eh, I better wear a cardigan because this is like slipping off like crazy right now. But I'll get there eventually the more I sew and that's just how it works to learn a craft. It's just so funny when you're used to being at a certain level in like, let's say knitting, for example. Just a random <laughs> example out of the air. Um, 
and then you're and then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish my skills in sewing were would have been where they are right now when I was like eighteen. Because <laughs> right. I feel like yeah. the I, I, maybe it's because I'm in my thirties now, but I feel like I have developed this new like intimidation for learning sometimes that I never used to have, like. That I was that you're supposed to be this adult who's so confident in all your skills, and then you're like, I'm making something that literally I know a 12 year old could make. Like, and getting over the well, ego is like a thing now that didn't used to be there. Yeah, but if you're also used to being professional level in a not too far away category, mm-hmm. like that, that's that's difficult. And yeah. I mean, there's also a comfort that comes with doing it frequently. Like if I were to pull out my sewing machine and I haven't sewn clothes in a little while, would I, would my seam ripper get some exercise? Yeah. (laughs) Would I have to fidget with darts and dart placement more than I might have a year ago? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just because I know in theory doesn't mean when I don't practice I don't need to refresh that. And besides, with every different pattern, there are like different ways you want it to fit mm-hmm. and different things to do. Like it's there's an endless amount to yeah. learn. And it's it's weird to suddenly feel like you're a beginner at a thing that you also feel very familiar yeah. with. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way all the time, <laughs> especially with new patterns. Yeah. Aw, Haley, you should you should be my therapist. You always say like really encouraging things from a very objective place that always make me feel a lot better. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Yay, Asperger's. <laughs> All right. All right, it's, that's how your brain works. It's one of your many gifts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my 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 robot gifts. Yeah. <laughs> um oh, and then the other the other sewing pattern I cut out this week, by the way, while I'm on this subject, mm-hmm. is a an an OG caftan for my friend's bachelorette party because we're required nice. to wear caftans. And Fun. Um, <laughs> the nice thing about that, though, is it's basically a robe. So I figure I don't really have to adapt much because I'll be able to kind of tweak with the gathers and just try it on and make it work. So that'll yeah. be a whole separate polyester fabric adventure. <laughs> may, I, may I make a suggestion sure. as a as a fellow petite person? Sure. Um, cut out a size smaller than you think you need Mm -hmm. because the ease will be too much Uh, for being petite. mm -hmm. And, uh, that, that is the, I never remember to do it when I'm doing something oversized. And then I'm always like, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, right, right. (laughs) I, I don't need as much ease as another person might. Well, and actually speaking of ease and sewing, that green dress I made, um, it's a uh, simplicity pattern, I think 1803. It's a Project Runway Simplicity, like co branded thing from like mm-hmm. 2010, 2009 era. Um, yeah. And that pattern um, on a lot of blogs, like even Gertie has a blog post on this dress. And almost yeah. everybody was like, this thing has a crazy amount of ease for how fitted it's supposed to be in the bodice. And so, so many people were like, "There's, it's too baggy because there's too much positive ease. And so I was like between like a 30, I, I'm a 37 bust right now. And they had a 38 and a 36. So I did the 36 thinking like, oh, maybe this is a little bit going to be a little snug. And it fit pretty well, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, totally. That's all. and i think that's a really good example for how literally like unless you actually pull out your tape measure and measure the flat pattern Mm -hmm. which 
all I recommend someone always do like so you actually know right. like how many extra inches there are there mm-hmm. um, because otherwise you might be very surprised like past me has been <laughs> <laughs> very very surprised yeah. oh man well yeah hot tips. yeah hot tips from someone who really 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 needs to finish organizing her fabric. <laughs> So she could actually sew some things. <laughs> Love Haley. Love Haley. <laughs> um, anyway, well, I have not, I have not even thought about tackling any of the sewing projects that I would like to. Although, I I have this pattern that is maybe pushing me towards that, but that will we'll save that for another time. Mm. Uh, but I did recently discover two new to me types of embroidery needles, which I never really thought about the idea of having different kinds of embroidery needles other than like sharps, blunts, you know, there's different sizes like chenilles and things like that. I mean, there's a variety of types of embroidery needles, but basically they're all based on the same idea. Okay. But these are two that are a little bit more different. uh, And I, I heard about them from an Instagram account called, I think it's Famy Cross Stitch. That's their YouTube channel. Um, and ironically, I don't think any of the stuff that I've seen from them is actual cross stitch. It's all free embroidery. But the first one is a double eyed needle, which I have seen double eyed needles before, but not for embroidery. Have you seen this before? No. No. It's No. I mean, it... <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking I, well, about. Okay, good. I, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one. I felt a little bit like, um, am I am I still a serious crafter if I've never even heard of these things? But it's um, it looks like a regular needle, but it has two eyes, like one stacked on top of the other. And it the idea is that you thread two different colors of thread through. So you can stitch with two colors. And they aren't, they don't necessarily run side by side. You can like split them and do different things with it and there's so this person has two videos that show some ways that you can use it and I will put them in the show notes because it's a little mesmerizing to watch and I bet so I definitely have these in my cart now because I want to play with them and see what you could do with them huh because it just is like I mean I was thinking that you could use them to lock the thread so it wouldn't pull out if you were stitching with something fidgety. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I would have thought of. I wouldn't have thought and of maybe, doubling up. I mean, maybe you could use colors. them for different things like that. But, um, and I've, hmm. I tried, that's I tried cool. finding a little more information about using them. And I have not come up with anything yet. But I will still be digging because it seemed like, and I might even contact the person that, that, made these videos to say where did you find out about this because i i need some more info but it's really cool she was doing like fly stitches wait and these are embroidery needles not sewing machine correct right there because sewing machine needles also exist in double exactly and so i had seen those i had seen the double-eyed sewing machine needles but these are hand embroidery needles um I mean, I suppose it could be done used for hand sewing as well. But the ones that I've seen are specifically labeled as embroidery, and they're a size that you would use for embroidery. But she did things like a fly stitch, which is where... Oh, I'm looking at them right yeah. now. It's not what I expected. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really cool, though. Um, 
So like she worked with like pulling things up and then splitting the yarn apart and then stitching down and tacking down in different places. And I was like, huh, who knew? And then just to make it, just to, to go a step further, same person also showed this other kind of needle, which Heidi, you may be interested in this because technically this is a different type of double pointed needle. Not the knitting kind. This is, in fact, a double-pointed embroidery needle. And that sounds a little odd to me. In fact, it is a little odd, but it is it is <laughs> pointed at both ends. It is sharp at both ends, and the eye is in the middle of the needle. What? Yeah. Huh. What? And I, I just Googled this while we were talking because I wanted to see what you were talking yeah. about. I see the one that you have linked in like our planning document but the one that came up for me is uh has an eye at both ends of the and needle it's a sewing needle with an eye at both and ends. and i saw that although those ones it i seem to find those connected more with knitting machines mm-hmm. so hmm. uh it it shows weaving in um surged ends okay in what I'm okay. looking at. So I yeah. don't know. It's I I'm utterly I know. baffled by all of these I know, because it's so different. <laughs> what even is it's this so world? different from what we expect <laughs> these to be. But so the the double pointed or the oh. twin pointed needle is the idea with it is it's mainly designed for cross stitch, but presumably you could use it for doing embroidery oh. as well. And it's Everything I could find, it is simply a way to speed up your stitching uh, process because you don't have to flip it around. So you like push the needle down and then you don't have to turn it around. You just can go right back up again and back and forth in that way. Oh, okay. I wish I'd known about that when I was writing two Right. Huh. Um, okay, because <laughs> as the non-cross-stitch designer in this crew, I was reading the description of these twin-pointed needles, and I was like, now you can turn your needle around. I was like, kiss my butt. I can turn my needle around by myself without having t- two pointy ends to continue. <laughs> what is this? Well, I, <laughs> I thought, like, when I first... I just very offended. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when I, I first just saw it, are invented for no reason. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it's not a big deal to turn it around. Although the one description suggested that you're less likely to drop the needle in the process of turning it around. Okay, which I guess could be a thing. I don't know. I'm also going to get a set of these to try them because I want to know. You know. Yeah. But yeah. then. Just because I too am doing that. Yeah. Just because once we start looking into these things, we start really looking into these things. Um, I ended up on the website for um, Beisel Needles, and they mm-hmm. have a document that gives a history of needles, like a very extensive history of needles going back approximately Ooh. fourteen thousand years. Uh, and I always get very excited about that anyway, because huh. there's things like, like when you read in the Bible about when the Israelites made the first tabernacle, it was made with curtains and there's references to embroidery in there. And that always, you know, is cool. like, okay, this is, we're, we're talking about embroidery going back a long time. But anyway, yeah. one of the things that jumped yeah. out to me in this particular document is a reference. This is from 
1829 when Joshua Heilman made uh, an embroidery machine and it had a needle that with two points and an eye in the middle. Hmm. So I think that is a a way that sewing machine needles have historically been like this is a thing that i've come across because you know i like to geek out about antique sewing machines (laughs) and own quite a few of them um so this that sounds familiar so then i just thought okay so this this hand embroidery or hand cross stitch uh needle can literally turn you into an embroidery machine apparently so there you go Cool. <laughs> I mean, that seems entirely reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. And not and not my first reaction, which was something about kissing my butt or something. <laughs> Sorry, <I was> just... <laughs> you were having feelings. Well, no. I was just like you... it, it just seemed unnecessary based on the written description. <laughs> that was my first reaction was absolutely why there has to be a better reason to have this needle but when you process through it i'm like okay well maybe i don't know yeah yeah now i really like i almost want to write another cross stitch book (laughs) just so i can see because i have all of the times that it took me to do previous patterns Mm -hmm. so i almost want to compare stitch times okay let it be so because i am a rope (laughs) yep who likes data and graphics. <laughs> but um cool. Yeah. So, that was my my new discovery for the week that I was very excited about. Can't wait to try them. Oh, I'm yes. very excited yeah. about it too. We're all excited. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I I'm going in the other direction here, <laughs> which is uh talking about getting rid of stuff, not acquiring new tools. Well, we've established that's which, what I'm supposed to be talking about, is getting rid of stuff, not acquiring new tools. But, I mean, needles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely just ordered something that was recommended in a crafting-related newsletter this morning. <laughs> I was like, ooh, oh, oh. And it was in my cart and paid for before I even knew what was <laughs> happening. So... It is what it is. Anyway, at least it's a useful thing, I think. <laughs> we'll okay. See. So I've noticed that as I've been very slowly going through my craft studio and reorganizing things, and, and sort of on purpose, I'm doing it slowly so I don't like get overwhelmed and stop taking the time to actually think things through, because... I can do that when I just see the goal and want to Mm -hmm. hit it. Um, And so I've noticed that a thing that I wasn't expecting to happen was, you know how when you're working on a project and you might put it away because you've got a deadline going on or maybe you have company coming over. (laughs) Yes, I may have had that experience. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I found myself being able to recognize that I was once excited about this project, but also having it be fine if I don't want to finish it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and either reclaiming the materials or getting rid of it. Yeah. 
and yeah. having it not hang over my head anymore as this unfinished thing that I'm supposed to do because I don't actually have to. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's fine if I don't want to anymore. Like this thing I started five years ago, like it's also possible that I'm way better at the skill than I was then. And it would be really clear that I had picked it up many years later mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I just, I've found this this new piece with just being like, nope, nope, that it's fine. And yeah. I have also started to notice that I'm giving myself permission to just not be that into some of the things that be as a professional craft blogger have been sort of the the skills I was supposed to have or the tools I was supposed to be using. So like and this is no offense to the actual, uh, I think it's plaid crafts, or the actual product, or even people who love it. But I hate Mod Podge. <laughs> I hate it. I love it. <laughs> but it's not that there's anything wrong with Mod sure. Podge. Right. It's that I don't, I don't enjoy the kinds of crafts that are generally related to using mm-hmm. it. So whenever I use it, it's because I have pitched a thing that I'm not that excited about. But it's also a thing that is either been in style or like a technique that has been in style, like something that I've pitched because it made good business sense to do it. And I just... I'm not keeping that stuff around. I'm not keeping, like, the paper-specific die cutters that I have done projects with, but, like, projects that I was hired to do that then, like, maybe those projects were fun, but they just aren't things that that pop up in my life very often. Mm-hmm. It, they're not relevant to me. They're perfectly great tools to have and things to do just I'm not excited about them and so I I'm kissing things like that goodbye mm-hmm. and I'm really excited about yeah. it yeah I yeah mean, and- I love Mod Podge I wrote for their blog for years but Plaid is also mm-hmm. one of those companies that's been like we we as craft bloggers especially pla- craft bloggers from a certain relatively early early era of craft blogging um yeah I think all of us have had Plaid very generously and graciously send us product because they were oh, one yes. of the best blogger supporters early on. They actually so pay people good. and they really made Mod Podge a thing that went from a joke to almost everybody who follows craft blogs has done a, a project inspired by one of these. And I think that's really smart. But, but oh, yeah. to your, more to your point, like that stuff has a shelf life. And you also don't need every single formula of Mod Podge because how often are you going to need like a glitter antique finish like upcycle from the thrift store? Yeah. You know? And, and I mean, <laughs> oh, like laughing. glitter That's antique finish. Exact. Is that one that they have now? <laughs> I mean, not wrong. There's, there's um, two separate finishes that you can combine. Oh gosh! Okay. Yeah, it's it's true. I have the. Yeah, is that like? Um, would, I mean, would that be like a like a seventies thing, like a disco era? Because it's antique, but with glitter. Is that what we would say? <laughs> I guess. Or like shabby chic with fairy. Yeah, there you go. I, okay. I Somebody know. would make that. 
Somebody yeah. would make that yeah. and love it. <laughs> like whimsical, sh- shabby yeah. chic. Um, but I guess the point is, like, plaid has always been yeah, super yeah. generous, yeah. like Heidi said. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is where the bulk of my skills lie. Right. Uh, nor does it mean that the need to use it comes up very often. And so do I think that I will ever use it again in my crafting life? Oh, yes, absolutely. Like, it it will certainly happen, but can I go to the store and buy it for relatively yeah. cheap? Yeah, I, I can. And will it make more sense than the stuff that's been on my shelf for five years? Yes. yes. And it will work better, yes, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it will. Ex- well, exactly. And, I mean, they have actually a couple of new formulas that I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, specifically non-tacky dry. Yeah. I mean, that's why Mod Podge doesn't make sense. I live in New York City. Yeah. yeah. And the summers are humid. So anything that has been decoupaged gets tacky yeah. again. Mm-hmm. They, like, it, it just, that is a fact. Yeah. They just sent me some, but, some spray-on. Um, uh, Mod Podge to try. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. And so uh, they have some new yeah. formulas that I think would actually work for mm-hmm. me in a way that the stuff that I have probably doesn't make much sense. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really happy about being able to look at that and be like, like, that's great, but it's not the thing that makes me excited. Yeah. So good for yeah. you. Excellent, excellent so example. Happening. I I hope that I I hope that <laughs> yeah. I can sorry, Mod Pod. Um, I hope I can draw on some of that uh as I'm finally clearing my stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Well and you have you have access to We can give each your, other great support. You have access to your church community too, and I think you've talked about like the free cycling program there and like you work with kids and that's when I yeah. have done major craft room weeds like when my husband and I moved into yeah. this place three years ago a lot of my Mod Podge went straight to my library and it got used by the children's librarian I gave it to other branches because I had so much Mod Podge um, and I even like all the librarians I sent the Mod Podge to I included like project ideas that were library friendly um, nice <laughs> that's a good, and so good it's way nice to do when that you have, because that's what you and do and if you have <laughs> access to those teachers as we've talked about before it's like really mm-hmm. it feels it makes like letting go of that stuff a little easier I feel like oh yeah I'm definitely making little kits um like all of the things that are usable still that I'm getting rid of I'm putting together in in kits so I can like hand a box mm-hmm. of like m- magical many different things and, and like accessories and stuff to people who can use them yeah. um I need to find those people because lord knows I'm not going to pay to ship any of that <laughs> so yeah. anyway we'll see yeah. but so yeah that that is that is uh, what I'm learning. I, I love like it. it. Well, the other thing that we were going to talk to you guys about today was, um, I feel like it, this is almost like a theme of Very Serious Crafts, is us talking about creative things we did as children, whether they were yes. weird creative things or interesting <laughs> projects or whatever. There's a range of things. All of the above. <laughs> There's a range of things the three of us got up to as very serious crafter children. Um, uh-huh. But specifically, some of the things that made us this way were toys that were inspired by crafting or toys intended to 
make crafts with. If that yeah, make, or to yes. teach a skill, yeah, or teach a skill. Yeah, um, I know for me specifically, um, the first thing I ever tried knitting with was one of those vintage um, knitting Nancys, or there's they're late, they look like little yep. spools with pegs, and yep. that was my first introduction mm-hmm. to knitting. And I think a lot of folks. But do either of you have? Yeah, mine too. Do either of you have fun examples of other toys that got you on the very serious crafts path? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, on the subject of like knitting related toys. I inherited the Kenner automatic knitting machine um, when I was a kid, which was previously known as the the Kenner Knitomatic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think the one that I had was from about 1965 because I think that it, it was either my mom's or my aunt's. And it was at my grandma's house, and at some point, she saw her opportunity and sent that nonsense home. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was poking around on the internet trying to remember what it was called, I found a video of someone who got one out and used it, and all of the problems that she had in the process, I I was like reliving the trauma (laughs) of... Because it was so finicky, and you had to go so slowly Uh to catch all the stitches. Um, But on the cover, there was, like, this happy girl in in a handmade sweater. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, a sweater? (laughs) Because... Yeah, sure. because nobody ever gets rid of anything in my family. It still had the original book with the project ideas sure. and all. Oh, gosh. It was both the best and the worst. <laughs> and I finally got rid of it, I think, at a garage sale in my probably early teens or something like that. But I was looking for it when I was home back in Michigan helping my mom clean out the basement a year or so ago and didn't find it and so I assumed that that's what happened but yeah oh man it was it was so frustrating and so yeah great in my sister had a little (laughs) knitting machine not that one but um when she was needing help getting it set up and started I was just like Oh, it was it was so unpleasant to to do and it was very you had to be very slow and and um yeah i did not enjoy that i would always discourage her from using it which is mean but <laughs> True. oh my gosh <laughs> um i boy i i crafted so many things as a kid and i definitely had uh probably multiple knitting nancies that belonged to different people in my family yeah. but the thing that i yeah. was um i that i started looking into was and it started when I remembered this Fisher Price weaving loom that I had as a kid. And in fact, Fisher Price in the 80s had a whole line of arts and crafts products that I did not really remember until I started digging a bit. And um, there were. I had the artist desk. Okay. I yeah. I had. I. When I was looking at things online, I found I definitely had or the, um, the clay tool set, which it had like a little caddy and different pieces that you could um, do with it. They had cool. le- they had several needlepoint kits. I may have had one of those. They had a printing kit with like movable type that I did not have, but now I wish that I did. What? I had that, oh, I think. So Ooh. cool. Um, I That sounds very familiar yeah. to me. I remember it not working as well I'm as I sure, wanted to. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. 
Um, because that's the the thing with a lot of the kids' craft tools is that they don't always work as well as they should, which is really discouraging to kids. Like, I hate that. It should be as yeah. – it should work as well as what you would get as an adult. Even if you make it a little cheaper, it should work well so that kids have success with things. I have a friend who, yeah. as an adult, did not ever want to work with felt because she had only ever been given – cheap acrylic felt as a kid and so that was just frustrating to her she didn't it, and so i showed her oh, yeah i showed her wool or wool blend felt and it was like a whole new world open to her because now she had like a quality mm-hmm. product but i digress um yeah but, okay so i'm gonna eventually head back to this fisher price loom but the the one of the kits that i found i was so excited for a moment then a little disappointed and then excited again so it's called it's a kit that they have <laughs> called painting with yarn and cool. I it looked very much like from you know pictures that you were seeing that were kind of not so great I, you know like the quality you couldn't tell what was going on I thought it was punch needle and I was like <laughs> what Fisher Price had a punch needle <laughs> kit um oh, it was they also had like a full loom Yeah well you're, we're coming back to that yes we're coming back uh but oh, okay. the painting Sorry. with yarn kit is actually it is not punch needle, but it the where I got excited again is because this might be how I could do something mm-hmm. that resembles punch needle successfully. I, I, I'm getting better, but anyway, <laughs> it's a sticky back page that is goes in a frame, and then you have this tool with a spool of yarn inside of it, oh. and then it's your it's your yarn pencil, and you draw on the sticky backing to fill in and color. Or paint with yarn. It's actually oh kind of brilliant. I'm sure that the success rate was low. That's cool. <laughs> That's I did really not have cool. that, but I did have the Fisher Price loom as as a kid, and the best part of it is that I still have it, and it was recently found. <gasps> cool. And I pulled it out, and I tried it, yes. and it's. It's fantastic. Um, so I was anticipating it was all like packaged up and I pulled it out. I was anticipating that I was going to have to like do the whole thing. Well, there was still a project on it because <laughs> I never finish things, apparently. <laughs> uh, but it so the the way that this loom works, it has a heddle. So it's mm-hmm. it's not just like a simple lap loom, but it doesn't have like rollers for the warp yarn. It just has, mm-hmm. like, a, a, t- a front and a back beam to, to wrap the yarn back and forth on. So you're limited in the size that oh, way. okay. But you can make uh, weavings that are about the size of a U.S. letter size piece of paper. So that's a fairly cool. decent size for this little plastic loom. And you know what? It, for kids. For kids. It looks really it, sturdy, too. It, you know, it's... It's plastic. It does have a little bit of a wobble to it. Mind you, the loom is also probably easily 35 years old. Uh, but yeah. I I was able to just pick up where I had left off as a kid and do a little bit of weaving with it and it and it worked. And I might actually keep That's it cool. out and try doing some regular weaving with it. That was weaving was on my list of things I wanted to do play around with more this year and I might use this this uh, Fisher Price loom. It also had I had in with it um, some of the kits that you could get to go with it. So there was like a pillow kit and a bag, 
those might have been the only kits that I actually had. Oh, but yeah. I love a kit. Um, yeah, it was it was actually a really cool line of products that that Fisher Price made, and and I wish that there was more things like that still. But oh well. Oh yeah, Fisher Price '80s kids toys were amazing, yeah. and like I have such fond memories mm-hmm. of making a lot of things and getting super excited yeah. about fill in the blank craft and they always had such they had like refills for yep. things like I I really like them and I don't think that they still do most of that kind of thing anymore but it was pretty yeah. awesome it was pretty it was a good <sighs> era to grow up man ooh speaking of of things what existed almost in the 80s almost <laughs> did you guys know that Nintendo nearly had a um, knitting machine. I did Before not know to go, until you told me. Yeah. To go with its um, like original Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, so there's a, a report from um, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas from 1987. Okay. And uh, let's see. The author listed here is Martha Groves. So we'll just give her a, a little bit of credit. This is maybe, um, I'm just going to read the description of what it, of how she described it because I think it's so funny (laughs) and also like way old timier sounding than you would expect from, I feel like 1987, (laughs) but knitting by computer. Yes. Knitters can throw away those needles by draping yarn across a loom-like affair (laughs) that interacts with the company's home entertainment system. The user can knit sweaters, mittens, socks, you name it, complete with patterns and no more counting rows. The computer does it all. Sure. And so, (laughs) as far as I can tell, this only existed in demos at the 1987... Um, consumer electronics show in Vegas, and it never actually went into manufacturing, but there were actual working demos at the show, and apparently it was very popular um, as sort of a spectacle of, of crafting. And it's, there are pictures of it, and it's got, like, the you know the little handheld controller yes. it plugs into the knitting machine oh. and like it's it's yeah it's it's very like where you would expect to put like the punch cards or something for an old school knitting yeah. machine yeah. instead you plug like it holds the controller for Weird. you Weird. Huh. and i i don't think that i can f- i i never did find um any video example but there's also um a 1987 ad and the source for this is the la times i'm not sure if i actually said that out loud i think i didn't um but the headline for their ad is now you're knitting with power (laughs) of course (laughs) oh my gosh that's awesome (laughs) and um i i'm really excited about it 
It says, you're looking at the Nintendo knitting machine. It's not a game, not a toy, not something a young girl can outgrow in three to six months or even a year. It's a machine that interacts with the powerful Nintendo entertainment system to actually knit sweaters. How do you think um, Do you think that this was like their their idea of like how to get girls interested in their video game system because that was oh, how geez. you would think of things at the time? That seems weird, but the fact that they addressed it, yeah, that, I, that they advertised it, like, and specifically mentioned girls. It uh, Okay, there's a quote from the show that the reporter got um, that says, uh, we're showing this for business feedback, said Gail D. Tilden, advertising manager. We're using entertainment technology to appeal to a broader base. Okay. But they didn't actually, they don't actually push, and I mean, this is like a short report from the floor sort of thing at this show. So it's possible that more was said, but they didn't. Um, But it's, I'm really, really enjoying the ad. (laughs) There's lots of knitting puns. Um, it, it ends with, of course, we should probably mention that no other video game system offers anything even remotely similar, but why needle the competition? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, so I, <laughs> I love a good I am joke. now in love with and obsessed yeah, with this you machine have, that has never existed. Yeah, you have no idea how much I want to get my hands on one of those demos and see if I can connect it to the NES system that I still have sitting here because, yeah... Yeah, and I have, like, a vague memory of somebody, like, when I was writing for Craft and Make, I have a vague memory of someone having one, maybe at a Maker Fair or something like that, because this isn't the first time that I have heard of it, and it seems like a a collector's item that someone would have. It is pink, by the way. Oh, it is? Okay. It's... Like, the machine itself is white, but the details are, uh-huh. pink, like, with where the settings are and yeah. stuff. So, it must have been a girl-specific yeah. um, target. I... But, man, if I could plug one of these into my Wii, I would totally take it out of a box. Well, I yeah. have to say, this is this is speculation, but I have to assume, this since this is 1987, a.k.a. the year I was born... <laughs> Um, I'm going to just assume... Oh, because you're little. Yep, I'm a 90s kid, not an 80s kid, as far as toy references Ah. and cartoons go. Um, Alas. (laughs) But I have to imagine that this was Nintendo being like, oh, girls don't really play with video games. Video games aren't for girls. I guess we better do some freaking crafts. Like... (laughs) I mean, maybe, but they didn't... It... Like, even the marketing copy isn't talking down. Right. right. But they, which is interesting to but me. But they specifically had a woman reporter reporting on this. There's pink. And they say girls. I mean, the woman reporter was reporting from the floor of the yeah. show. Like, this is just a small part of the whole yeah. article. Okay. It, it was, like, when she was in the Nintendo. Okay. So the, okay. it wasn't an entire so it isn't, article. So it isn't okay. that. Right. Mm-mm. But I still no. This is just Gail a, from the LA from Times the side. I still have to call gender hardcore on this one. Like that is clearly what they were doing, right? Yeah, yeah. I assume yeah. so. But also fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If um, I, I wish that they hadn't made it pink, but yeah, I wish that it actually existed. That you could have just 
purchased. Like, ah, that would have been so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so cool, and I am utterly delighted and also totally bummed out that that oh, it just yeah, so close. <laughs> So, so close. close. Hmm. But anyway, so I, I, I'm in love with it. Yeah. And <laughs> please, if anyone has one of the demos or saw it in action, please, please get in touch. Yeah. Let us live vicariously for yes. you. Mm-hmm. And we promise not to break into your home and steal it from you if you own one. Molly, sh- <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say that because then I might be I a liar. No such thing. <laughs> well, field trip. <laughs> speaking of speaking of crimes, um, I, before we let you guys yeah. go today, I've got a quick um, train of shame from a listener that I thought I'd share really, really, really quick. Okay, um, before we sign yes. off for this episode, um, please do all aboard. <laughs> Choo-choo! Ooh. I don't know what pitch a train whistles at, but I, I know I never quite hit it. <laughs> <laughs> eh, whatever. Close enough. Um, Carry on. But we got tagged in um, somebody's Instagram post, which I will, uh, well, Haley will embed in our show notes post um, for this episode. Um, the, the Instagrammer in question is a woman named textile underscore lady on Instagram. Shout out there. Um, Hi, textile lady. She she posted the following on Instagram um, a few days ago. Every time I put a zipper in a dress, I think I can put it in without basting it. And every single time, it doesn't work, and I have to baste it anyway. Hashtag VSC train of shame. Also, doing this while listening to the At Serious Crafts live podcast, and then her other hashtags about crafting late at night. Um, (laughs) But this was really, really funny when it came in, because we get get various um, hashtag VSC train of shame posts here and there, or comments on our posts, and please keep those coming, and we might even feature yours in a future episode. Yeah, we love hearing those. Yes, tell us your shame. Um, but uh, Hillary is her name. But Hillary's comment and post came in um, within a day and a half of me texting Haley and Molly on our group text. Hey, Haley, um, I'm working on this dress. Do you think I have to baste it every time to, that I want to put it a zipper? Thinking like, oh, she'll tell me about like some cool hack or wonder clips or some other thing that'll be on my mind, like the dress thing. <coughs> Excuse me. And her immediate response was, no, you always have to base that. <laughs> I mean, you can use tape. I didn't Yeah, I've used that. tape. You can use masking Yeah, I've tape. used tape successfully. Um, but I was like, ooh, I've got these wonder clips. Maybe I can get away without it. Wrong. <laughs> so around the time... Nope. <laughs> so around the time that Hillary's comment came in, I was sitting there picking out my zipper on my green dress so that I could repress the... The fold and hand is so thing funny. And the zipper, <laughs> spoiler alert: the zipper turned out once I actually, you know, did it like you're supposed to. <laughs> I mean, there are certain things where you just have yeah. to, and you will be glad that you did because it will take so much longer for you to pull out those stitches mm-hmm. than it would have to just baste the thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why did you, when you invented sewing, Haley, why did you make it so hard? <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Okay, wait a second. Just because <laughs> I I don't have a just because we are our eighties kids doesn't make us as old as inventing sewing. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Also, you're both like five years old. I'm an immortal me. being. I, I'm a robot. Remember, oh, right? Immortal. So you understand machines. I'm a time traveling robot. <laughs> wait, this is taken. This is heading in a yeah. direction. Yeah. So. Anyway, let's let's um, just let's just wrap this up then. Um, <laughs> I think that sounds right. good. I think so. <laughs> that seems reasonable right. to me. Uh, so, if you're a person who likes to hang out on the internet, you should hang out with us. Find find yay. us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts, and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Want to join the conversation? Tag us using yes. hashtag very serious crafts. And if you're using Instagram stories, don't forget to tag us with at serious crafts so we can reshare your posts to our stories. Are you a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast? Great! Please leave the Very Serious <laughs> Crafts podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings. Please, please, please. <laughs> Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. And finally, if you'd like to sponsor an episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click sponsor. Thank you.